Where do we find pleasure? At the right hand of God. That's where you and I find pleasure. It was the word of the Lord that came. And then we just sang about we were created for His pleasure. It's kind of a little bit Irish, but it's wonderful. That you and I are created for God's pleasure, not for our pleasure. And when we worship Him, when we love Him, and when we give Him His due, there is great pleasure and great joy that wells up within our hearts. Last week I was, uh, started off sharing from Romans chapter 13 and uh, really didn't get into the preach. And so maybe today, the Lord willing, we'll get there. But I want to start off just by reading some scripture. Scripture is like, is, it's really what speaks to us. Jane was talking about the word Jesus and the word here and creation speaking to us. It's amazing how the Word speaks to each of us. And I'm, I'm in an amazing journey of just enjoying it. And my challenge is every time I read a Word, I want to share on that Word. It's so exciting. And then I, that takes me somewhere else and I, I want to share that. So I'm going to try and stick to uh, where I'm meant to be, somewhere along the line. But you never know. Lord Jesus, I just ask, Lord, that you would bless me now as I open your Word. I pray, Lord, that it would be your Word. It won't be my stuff, but it would be you, and, and the Word would change us, would transform us, and we would become who you've created us to be. So Romans chapter 13, I'm going to read from verse 8 till the end of the chapter. Oh, no one anything except to love one each other. The one who loves another is, has fulfilled the law for the commandments you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandments are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. You want to fulfill the law? Love. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us than we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness, and put on the armor of light. Let us walk, walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Last week I shared the testimony of St. Augustine from uh, his mother's perspective and how she had prayed and prayed and prayed. And he was all about darkness. And after many, many years of praying, 
I'm going to read from his confession. Just a short extract from that. He's walking in the garden. His heart was in distress because of his failure to live the good life. He kept exclaiming miserably, How long? How long? Tomorrow and tomorrow. Why not now? Suddenly he heard a voice saying, Take and read, take and read. It sounded like a a child's voice. And he racked his mind to try and remember any child's game in which those words occurred, but he could think of none. He hurried back to his seat where his friend was sitting, for he had left there a volume of Paul's writings. I snatched it up and read silently the first passage my eyes fell on. Let us not walk in revelry or drunkenness, in immorality and shamelessness, in contention and in strife, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ as a man puts on a a garment and stop living a life in which your first thought is to gratify the desires of of Christless human nature. I neither wished nor needed to read any further. With the end of that sentence, as though the light of assurance had poured into his heart, all the shades of doubt were shattered. These are the words, verse 13 and 14. These are the words that transformed his life. These are the scriptures that transformed his life. The scriptures will transform your life. Out of his word, God had spoken to Augustine. It was Coolridge who said that he believed the Bible to be inspired because as he puts it, it finds me. God's Word can always find the human heart. God's Word can find your heart. And today we started off and the very first song that we sang was Arise. This is the final hour. Arise, ye soldiers of the King. Arise, put on your holy garments, for the gates of hell will not prevail So arise, the Spirit says arise. As I look at these scriptures, I'm not going to do the the, the scriptures on the love, but from verse 11, there's basically three commands that He gives to us. He gives you and I three commands. The first one they are is to wake up, to arise. The second one is to throw off, to cast off. And the third one is to put on. It's a bit like a a military scene. You've gone to bed. Maybe you've had a victory. Maybe you've had this wonderful victory. In those days, when somebody had a victory, they would party. They would uh, drink and and be merry. They would uh, party the night out. They would uh, indulge in... Sexual immorality. It would be just wild. And then they would have to go to bed. Just imagine, these are the soldiers. And they're in bed and suddenly, 
at 5 a.m. in the morning, the dawn is about to, uh, it's about to rise. The sun is about to rise. Suddenly there's the shout, wake up, arise, wake up, arise. What do the soldiers do? The soldiers of heavy with drink, <laughs> they, they bubble us. Oh, good word, much better word. They've got to bubble us. They're struggling. They've got to get up now of the battle. They, we, they bore, we're born into a battle. I wish I could say to you today, this is just beautiful world in which we live in. But you, all know, you and I all know, we are born into a battle. And so the battle cry from the commander has come for you and me today to arise, to wake up. You don't go out into the battle in your pajamas. You don't do that. You've got to take off what you were wearing the night before. We need to realize. No, I'm not going to strip today. Because I'm not in my pajamas. But maybe I should have got dressed in my pajamas. But I would have scared you immensely. Beloved, the night is far spent, it says there. So there's a sense of urgency in all our lives. As you walk with Jesus, as the cry for, you, for us today is to awake. Awake. Awake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believe. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. The day is at hand. Awake, arise. Take off your pajamas. Get ready for the battle. Because there is a battle. And do you know the times in which we live? As you look at the world in which we, we live and we see the newspaper headlines, we can have, there is a sense that time could be short. We have a look and see what's happening in Israel. 1948, Israel became a nation again, became, came back to their homeland. And we see what, all what's happening in that land. And there should be some alarm bells. And we see the Koreans, uh, North Koreans, throwing missiles and testing missiles and seeing that the missiles can actually hit New York now from, from North Korea. We see we live, in a, we live in, a, in a time of war. We've woken up to a war. And so the scripture says then, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Cast off the works of darkness. Cast them off. Take them off. Take them off. I could take my... My, I think I did that last time. I was wearing the same color shirt. I took off my shirt because I needed, another, I needed to put another cloak on. I needed to put on my garments ready for the war. That's what I needed to do. But I'm not going to do that today. So there's an urgency, beloved. In your own work, walk with Jesus. There is an urgency. We can become so 
bogged down by life and by budgets and by uh, having to work and pressure and family and, and, and there's just a million things that can weigh heavily on us. And we can almost give up. You know, because we've been, we've been on this journey a long time. Most of us here, probably more than 30 years, have been walking with Jesus. And the word of the Lord to us today is, wake up, wake up, arise. This is the final hour. This is the final hour. And so he says, the next thing he talks about is, Casting off the darkness and putting on the armor of light. So he's talking about armor, so it is a battle. And what are we to put on? We put on the armor of light after we've taken off our pajamas. After we are ready to do the battle now, we put on the armor of light. I mean, if you have a look at uh, Ephesians 6, it's a very well-known known scripture. It's about the, the whole armor of God. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 10, Finally be strong in the Lord and... In the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God. Don't leave anything out. Don't leave the sword out. Don't leave the shield out. Don't not put shoes on. Don't not be ready to preach the gospel. Put on the, the, all, all the garments there, all, all of the breastplate of righteousness. That's what we've got to put on. Because we're in a battle. We are in a battle. And so take off the works of darkness. Put on the armor of light. You know, we had in the, in the prayers, what did we have? We had a few people, maybe not in the prayers, maybe it was in the worship, saying, come Lord Jesus, come back. Maranatha. And there's a sense in which I think we could all echo that as a prayer, and I think that's a good thing to do. But uh, we, we, we are... We are to call him to come. But at the same time, we are called to put on the armor of light. You know, if you are not walking with Jesus, if you are not born again, if you have not given your life to Jesus, or if you're living a double standard life, maybe it's not going to be so exciting to say, come Lord Jesus. It's not going to be exciting. When we say, come Lord Jesus, what we need to be doing at the same time as saying, come Lord Jesus, we need to be saying, Lord my life I give to you. My life is yours. My, I want to reflect you. I want to bring joy to your life. I want to be pleasing to you in everything that I do. And so in the scripture, what does he say? He says, put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. What is light? Well, light is a symbol of many things. It's a symbol of, of purity. It's a symbol of sinlessness. It's a symbol of holiness. It's a beautiful symbol that Jesus is the light of the world. And the scriptures say that we are the lights of the world. 
If you live in Jesus, Alois, you are the light of the world. Bridal, you are the light of the world. Jane, you are the light of the world. Because Jesus lives in you. You are the, you are, you represent all this stuff. Purity, sinlessness, holiness. Because of Jesus. It's incredibly important what we, what we wear for this, for this battle that we're fighting. We are to walk as kingdom citizens. We are to walk as sons and daughters of the king. That's your identity. That is my identity. So, Paul is quite clear here. He says a couple of these things here. He says, put on, this is what we've got to do. Put on the armor of light and to put on Christ. Put on Christ. Put on the armor, armor of light. Putting on Christ is to be cloaked in Him. It's to be covered with Jesus. So when anybody sees you, what do they see? They see Jesus. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. Put on love. I mean, I've been dwelling in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12. Put, put on then, as God's chosen, holy, and beloved ones, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, as the Lord has forgiven you. These are the garments you and I put on. We put on love, compassion, forgiveness. Why can you forgive? Because you have been forgiven. Because you have been forgiven of your sins. That is why you and I can forgive. Because Jesus forgave us. And we can be a forgiving people if we live out of who we are in Jesus. And I might sound like a bit like a stuck record. But I'm preaching to myself again this morning. I'm preaching because I want to live this. I want it to be a reality that when I get squeezed, Jesus comes out. When, when a lemon gets squeezed, a lemon comes out. If an orange comes out, you would be a bit, if orange juice comes out, you would be a bit surprised. But you and I are in Jesus. We are hidden in Jesus. So when people squeeze you, when the taxi cuts you off, you say, bless you. You say, bless you. May your, may your uh, passengers get there safely. And we should be praying that because uh, some of us don't have to r- ride in taxis, but some of us do. And it's not so, it's not so easy. It's not so lucky. Put on Christ. I mean, the, the imagery is all over the Scriptures. It's in Colossians. It's in Ephesians. What is it? In Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So you've got to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Corrupt through deceitful desires. That's the old self. We were having Bible study on, 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 uh, on Thursday. And we were talking about this and we were... We're talking about, can we live a holy life? Can we live our lives which reflect Jesus? And there was a little bit of discussion and, 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 and some people were saying, no, we can't because of the old self. Because the old self always rises its ugly head. 
So we're always going to mess up. Sin is always going to be a part of us. I don't see that's what Scripture says of us. What he says is that we are to live from who we are. You are blameless, holy, and without reproach, it says in 1 Colossians 2, 1 Colossians 1 verse, not 1 Colossians, Colossians 1 verse 22 to 23. That's what it says about you and I. We are blameless, holy, and without reproach. Isn't that a wonderful declaration I'm declaring over you today? And if you believe that, if I believe that, then I'm going to start living like that. I'm going to actually say, oh, that's right, I'm holy and righteous. That sounds arrogant. It does. It sounds arrogant. But it's not arrogant. It's the truth of God. And let's not argue with the truth of God. Let's believe the truth of God and walk in it. We need to walk in who we are in Jesus and give the flesh no place to give no place to gratify the flesh. Don't be led by the flesh. We meant to gratify, be led by the Spirit, and then we will fulfill the law. We meant to, to, to love each other, then we will, uh, we, will, we will bring glory to God's name. And the wonderful words it's in, in uh, 1 John. Uh, 1 John 1 verse 9. I've lost John again. It's a little book. It's a little book in the end. 1 John, no, chapter 2. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. So that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If anyone does sin, I'm writing you this so that you may not sin. Isn't the implication that we don't have to live by the flesh? We don't have to live from our fallen nature. We, don't, we are cloaked outside of Jesus. We are cloaked with Adam. But in Jesus, we have got a new cloak. We've got a cloak of righteousness. And we don't have to sin. We can live a life, a holy life. And then it says, it's beautiful because it says, if anyone does, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins. And not only ours, but for the sins of the whole world. That's just amazing. So I'm calling us, I'm calling us as a people to put on clothes. And to walk in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, when you go to a wedding feast, you get invited to a wedding. I don't know if you've been invited to a wedding recently. You get an invitation. And you get dressed up and you get smart and you go off to the wedding. And because uh, you've been invited, you're allowed in. David and Janet, uh, Paul Hotchkiss's, uh wedding, there was an uninvited guest who got dressed up smartly and decided to gatecrash the party because there was food. And this lady was well-dressed and smart, but she wasn't an invited guest. And Henry had to say, you were not invited. I'm sorry. Please leave the place. He had to, I think they almost had to frog-march her out 
I think she tried to sneak back, as, I don't know, but it was, but uh, th- there's a parable in, in, in Matthew chapter 22. Is it uh, Matthew, have I got it? 22, I think. Let me check, 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 check. Uh, and you know the, cake, the, the parable of, uh, of, the, of the wedding feast, and people get invited, and, and, and people wouldn't come, and, and, and eventually, uh, just the hedgerows, they just went to uh, checkers and invited them to the Alpha course, and they, they got invited to the wedding. And uh, the, the king, looking over who was invited, uh, this is what it says in verse, verse 11, but when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in, the, in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into utter darkness. In, the place, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Fewer, what's it, fewer Many are called, few are chosen. I think it ends with that. What a story. What does it mean? It means you need to have the right garments. It means you need to have the, I mean, there's probably many uh, interpretations, but you need to have the garments. He didn't have the right garment. He didn't have the garment. What is the garment you and I are meant to have? we meant to have a garment of righteousness. Look at Isaiah 61 verse 10. I will greatly exalt, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. A robe of righteousness. He's given us garments of salvation. It's a gift. He's he's given it. Grace is just such an amazing concept. It's just... Way beyond us. We, we, can't, we can't get it because we Westerners know that there's, there's rules and regulations and you've got to do this to get that. And, and the more you do that, then the more of that that you get. And yeah, in the Scriptures, God comes with grace and He says, believe in the finished work on the cross. Believe in that and you will be saved. It's a gift from God. And He's telling us to put on Christ. Maybe... A, a poor example, but it's, a, it's an example nonetheless. Is a, Look at this jersey. Look at this jersey. Rugby. A Springbok rugby jersey. So now, when you get chosen for the Springbok rugby team, and you look at all these little young 10, 11-year-olds, the Brits... Uh, uh, and Justin, Kliegel, if you ask them what was their desire today, they would say they want to be a Springbok rugby player. I mean, I know it's bizarre. I know it's bizarre because you get killed and smashed, and by the time you get to 50, you can hardly walk. But, but nonetheless, that's, that's the desire that they want to, they want to wear, this jersey. And so we see people being awarded the Springbok rugby jersey. And they go to play the game and they, they, they always say, I'm playing for the jersey. They wear this jersey with pride and with honor. And uh, last year we were doing incredibly badly. 
and we were losing everything. And the commentator saying, there's no chiss, there's no, there's no, uh, they're not wearing, they're not playing for the jersey. And so, it's improved a little bit this year. But so we need to wear the jersey with pride. They wear it with pride when they go onto the road. They play for each other. They play as a team. It's not an individual game. If you try and play that game, you're going to get taken out just individually and you try and do your own thing. And you've got those big hulking uh, all black guys. They, just, they will just smash you. They'll just take you out. It's a team game. You work together. It's the same as, it's the same as, as we walk walking for Jesus. As we put on Jesus, as we put on the cloak of Jesus, as we put on the righteousness of Jesus, let us walk like that. Let us encourage each other. Let's encourage each other as we see the day of the Lord approaching. I think it says in, in Hebrews chapter 10 somewhere or that, that the day is approaching. We need to encourage each other and build each other up. We need to be in fellowship. We need to be singing. We need to be worshiping. Because the day of the Lord is coming. So encourage each other. Play with, with, with everything that you've got. We've got to act like the cloak suggests. The cloak says we are righteous. The cloak says we are holy. The cloak says we are, we, we are like Jesus. So now, as I walk out in the morning, I say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you live in me. I thank you that I am holy, that I am righteous that I am loved, that I am blameless, that I am without reproach. I just rejoice and thank you in that. And as I go into the day, then I, I will walk that out. I will walk it out. I will become what I believe. And what I believe is not my feelings. What I believe is what this word says about me. That's what we've got to do. We've got to believe this and walk in that and walk in the joy of that. Maybe somebody gets uh, nominated to be a judge. And the judges get these fancy cloaks. I don't know in England whether they still do it. There's a fancy hair as well. It's like very strange, these palms, eh? these Brits. Very strange people. But they wear their clothes, their, their, their judge clothes with, with dignity. And they have to walk that out in their lives, in their lives back at home. They, never, they can't take off that cloak. If, any, if they do anything wrong, the judge, look what the judge did. So let's walk in Jesus. Let's not give any provision. I think it says provision. I'm closing. I'm going to try and land now. I'm going to try and land. Make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. I love what John Piper said about this. He translated it like this, the scripture. Put on the Lord Jesus and don't let any thought in your head that would lead to sinful desires. Not just to the gratification of the sinful desires, but even to the desire itself. Don't make any provision, any thought. Provision, that word could be, could be described as thought. So let's take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. There's the, the devil will come and, and, and keep saying, you did that. 
you're, not, you, uh, you're useless. You're never going to amount to anything. You, you've, you've always been addicted to that and you're always going to be addicted to that. Let's not buy that. Let's take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. So, church, wake up! Cast off darkness. Put on Jesus. If you are, if you are clothed with Jesus, there is no place for ungodliness. There is no place. I want us to maybe sing a couple of songs at the end here now. And if anybody needs prayer, you can ask the worship team to come up.